So we're recording right now, Adam? We're recording right now. Yes. Makes me so happy that we're recording. You know what that means? Well, I see what you're doing with your hands. <laughs> These are my recording hands. <laughs> Go ahead and, and explain to the audience what we're doing right now, even though they can't see us. This is called recording hands. It's when we stick our hands up in the air like a, in an I surrender motion, except it's more action-packed, and you're going to make use of these hands. What are we going to do with our hands today, Adam? Well, we're going to wiggle our fingers to loosen our hands up, and then we're going to clap for sync. Three, two, one. Step number one complete. Now what are we going to do with our hands, Adam? <laughs> this is not that kind of show. <laughs> are you kidding me? You don't know the answer to this question? No. Besides, get our golden shovels. <laughs> Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? Tope, I've never been more ready. Let's freaking do this. The meeting is now called to order. That's what I like to hear. How are you, pal? Man, I'm on the road. I'm in Phoenix, getting ready for my trip to Chicago. And, uh, you know, I'm living the dream, baby. And then where are you going after that? Philly. And then where are you going after that? I will be back in Austin for about a week. And then I will be uh, back in Chicago. I don't know if you realize it, but, um, but we're now playing my new favorite game, which is find out all the places Adam's about to go. Where in the world is Adam f- going? <laughs> it's my new favorite game. Find out where Adam's about to go. Because you always have like six places you're about to go. <laughs> okay, I can tell you right now. Off the off the bat. No, no, no. No, that's, that's the end of this installment. I'm just telling you, we're probably going to start a lot of episodes in the future with where is Adam about to go. I just introduced a new segment. And then we get to go, where in the world is Adam going (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like that right off the top of the show i broke new ground and we just launched a new segment there you go yes yes i have some other things to share about myself Ooh, hopefully it's bad news about your home reno no actually the home reno is about to start next week so take that so you're about to break break literal ground literal ground but you want to know what else yes i've reached the halfway point of my improv classes. Hey, so what, you just crossed level three? I finished level three. We had our level three showcase. We killed on stage in front of an almost sold out crowd. And next week I'm moving on to level four. Cue the applause music, man. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Good job. Thanks, man. Yeah. And I'm actually starting to sort of not suck. So that's also good news. (laughs) I know. I've seen it in action. I've seen it in action. (laughs) All right, well, with that out of the way, let's begin, as we always do, and let's go over our top contributors list. I love this part. Okay, we're just going to do a countdown from 10 down to 1. In the 10 spot is Christopher DeVos from Podcast 42. Nice, nice. In the nine spot is the Colonel, Jim Weir. <laughs> Colonel. In the eight spot is Chris Osborne from Play Comics Podcast. Gotta love that guy. In six is Casey Jones. 
I love Casey Jones. Now for the top five in the fifth spot, Carrie Dykes. Yes. In the fourth spot is the king of the internet, Elimination Paul from Varmints and the Blazing Caribou Studios. So great. In the three spot is a guy that I don't think, uh, since he hosted the tournament bracket, he's been this high in the poll, and that is Bob Haynes from the Cretans Guild. You mean from Gamer Beard? <laughs> yeah, from Gamer Beard. <laughs> and back in the number two spot, well-deserving, our old friend Tiff Franks. Yes, she's been kicking it recently. She really has. She's been busy in the kitchen. Thank you, Tiff. And... With only one week off, only one meeting off, he's back in his rifle spot. He's already been back for a few weeks now. Once again, we have to turn to the east, pay homage <laughs> to our MVP. It's Keith Gallup from the Pop-Up Filmcast and the Podfix Network. Yes. And I'm already looking forward to 12 days of uh, Christmas with them. Yeah, that's right around the corner, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And they're getting ready to kick off their third season of the Pop-Up Filmcast. No kidding. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Well, congratulations, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. All right, Adam, how about we celebrate some September birthdays? Ooh, I love September. Now, Adam, your birthday's in September, right? Uh, so close, man. My birthday's not in September. Seriously? Yeah, straight up. Not in September. You've never celebrated. You were not born in the month of September, is what you're saying. That's correct. There was some confusion about it, but it's not September, actually. Huh. Yeah, I know. Because I really feel like... I feel like we've done this for more than 12 months straight, where I've said, hey, it's your birthday this month, and you've you've still said, no, it's not my birthday. No, I, I, I'm i pretty sure... Um, I'm pretty sure we did. We did hit my birthday. I'm pretty sure we did. It was, it was a while ago, but I'm pretty sure we did. Huh. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we celebrated. We had a whole thing, and it was, it was a thing. You're saying there was a whole thing. We did a whole thing on it. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I'm always confused when you don't know when my birthday is, because we did a whole thing on it. Yeah. Okay, well, color me confused as well. I, I, I really thought... I was almost certain... Yeah. I was super excited to celebrate your birthday at this meeting, because I was like, oh, surely this is Adam's birthday. I know, I know. And the funny thing is, I was kind of looking forward to it, too. Then I realized, ah, this is not my birthday month. Well, last month was the month of DeVilbus. We did learn that. That that one we celebrate in our hearts every day of the year. <laughs> Just like Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Just like Christmas. Like Christmas. De- month of DeVilbus and then whatever else. <laughs> I know you, along with me, we celebrate the month of DeVilbus as often as we possibly can, but especially in August. Right, and if you ever need to, you just play Barry Manilow to channel him, and then you, you know, you're all, all automatically in a better mood because both <laughs> a Barry Manilow and Peter DeVilbus. <laughs> right, right, I agree. Okay, uh, well, here are some other September birthdays along with yours. So on the third, uh, so so I know I know I realize that we're halfway through the month, so we're we're looking back on some birthdays as we often do. Right. So on the third, we celebrated the birthday of Josh Hallmark. Ah, uh, man, this ought to be the month of Josh Hallmark. Yeah, of course, he's of the Our Americana Network, the very popular Karen and Ellen podcast playlist, and True Crime Bull, his very, very popular True Crime podcast. Are you still there? 
<laughs> I was I had a bunch of thoughts and then I was like I don't I can't get all of them. We don't have enough time to get to my comments. And then I realized I should have said at least one comment. And I think that comment is I think Josh thinks it's weird that I think he's so cool. <laughs> you're you're saying that your your affinity for Josh is weirding out Josh. I think so. I'm a I'm kind of a crazed fan. We we, we met up. I you know we met up at the at the meetup last year, and I've just been a Josh number one fan after that. So yeah. Who yeah. knew? Yeah, he actually sent me a private message, and you're definitely you're definitely creeping him the hell out. Well, I I get that. So I, I I'm trying to tuck in my crazy, but I did enjoy <laughs> recently finally hearing the Kellen and uh, Karen and Ellen letters, and that was freaking hilarious. Isn't it great? Uh, it's all so right. good. All right, moving on. On September 9th, was we celebrated the birthday of Derek Glasscock, the other oh, co-host man, of the Papa so Filmcast funny. and the Podfix Network. Yes. So funny. Yep. And then the next day on the 10th was the birthday of Scott Grubel. Ooh. On the 12th was Eric Oshier. That is, uh, nice. that is a significant other of Hannah Oshier, a very funny person in our group. On the 14th of September, uh, that was yesterday... Is the birthday of Jordan Gronholtz. Happy birthday, Jordan. Happy birthday. On the 16th is uh, my former uh, next-door neighbor growing up, a childhood friend, Todd Warren, who lives in the state of Florida. Also on the 16th is a very, very funny guy who does stand-up and uh, a number of other things. He's also the host, uh, the co-host of the Best Darn Diddly podcast, which is an episode-by-episode Simpsons podcast. If you've not checked that out, you definitely should. So it's the birthday of Miles Francis. Ooh, that's awesome. Yes. The day after that, another big birthday, the birthday of Chris Brayton, formerly of More Gooder Than and the Podfix Network. He's coming out with another podcast that is going to debut very, very soon. It's going to be a great podcast. Everyone's going to love it. So, uh, But happy birthday, Chris. On the 18th is the birthday of the aforementioned Chris Osborne of Play Comics Podcast. On the 19th is the birthday of Michael Barclay of Hashtag Adulting and Other Bad Ideas. On the 25th, is the birthday of one of my former high school friends, Kevin Thomas. And then on the 28th, rounding out September birthdays, the very musically talented Colin Beams. Happy birthday, Colin. So I want to give a shout out to, uh, even though <clears throat> on her birthday month, Hannah Oshier, and renew my request for her to call in the hotline and review the rules and purpose of the game of Monopoly <laughs> that she posted in the group. Yes. Hashtag courage, Hannah, if you would call in and tell us your opinion <laughs> of the rules of Monopoly. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> By the way, that number is 321-465-2180, Hannah, if you'd, like to, if you'd like to grant Adam his request. Please. And you know, that number is not just used for calls like that. It's also used for emergencies, as we so heard in our hotline messages. Yes. And if you have any crime tips or tips on how to successfully get away with a crime. Right. It's a dual phone line. At least. At least a duel. Adam, how about some polls? So, you know we love these, especially with Elimination Poll going on. Well, speaking of Elimination Polls, I I know it's been a few weeks. It's been over. And people have mostly recovered. So I hate to open up old wounds. But we really never officially announced the the winner of the Sandwich Poll. Oh, boy. So I want to go ahead and put a stamp on that. Make it official. It's time to do it. So, in the end, if people remember, it came down to grilled cheese versus pulled pork. (laughs) And here we go. The official sandwich of the Gravity Beard interns is... 
the grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, man. Well, first of all, before I give my comments, so let it be written to let it be done, grilled cheese. That's correct. I can't, I can't remember who said it. Um, and I think that the, the that, that sandwich won because it's an all around sandwich. Like it's always, it's kind of always a good idea, you know? Yep. I think, I want to say it was Bob Haynes, but he was like, are you kidding me, everyone? Like it's literally cheese on bread. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, technically that's true, but there are a lot of ways to make very creative and delicious grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing, besides just announcing the results, what I wanted to highlight, Bob did an amazing job of telling the story behind the results. The, the narration Indeed. that he wrote up on every round was unbelievable. Agreed. It was Agreed. really quite fantastic. And so if anybody missed it, I recommend that you go back and really just read what he wrote up for each for each round. But if you just want to save some time, and you, if you may have missed this, at least go back and, and search the epilogue, his very final entry, because it was a really, really great write-up and a good way to, to wrap things up. Yeah, he's darn near genius with his, you know, recaps. Absolutely. It was really, really good. But that's not all. Did you realize that there were some gruesome statistics associated with the sandwich poll? I mean, the carnage. Am I right? Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, in Paul Chomo's own words, he says, because what happened was, is Paul went back through all the narrations and recorded the stats associated with them. And so in Paul's own words, here are the statistics that represent the trail of carnage that led to grilled cheese becoming the official sandwich of the Gravity Beard interns. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. Here we go. So there was one murder, one execution... 37 dead from food poisoning, nine seriously ill from food poisoning, one death by choking on food, 32 killed by car collisions, one heart attack, two died by massive blood loss, one broken neck, and that brings the grand total, Adam, to 76 deaths, and Paul put nine casualties. I feel like casualties and deaths are the same thing. Maybe just serious serious injuries. Right, serious injuries, damaged property. Now, I do, I do think that sounds like a standard gravity beard intern poll. <laughs> Seventy-six deaths and nine, nine serious yeah, injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is kind of, it's you know, no one's happy, everyone's pissed, and somehow grilled cheese sandwich is the best sandwich we can, we can agree on. Yeah. So he finishes up by saying, "R.I.P. Never forget." So, uh, <laughs> th- thank you, Paul, for recording those stats. Thank you, Bob, for just doing a, an amazing job with that poll. It's time to move on, and the only appropriate way to move on, Adam is with the next elimination poll. I, I mean, there's no other way to recover from trauma than to experience more trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. And so Paul is hosting this one, and that is the karaoke elimination poll. Nice. I'm, I'm loving this one. I am too. And Paul is actually returning to a previous format. He's not doing it the way we normally do it. He's also doing a bracket. Which the bracket I think adds a whole other element. When when Bob Haynes started that, you know, for the for the other one, I think that this one, you know, I, when you add the bracket, when you have time to add the bracket to the poll, it makes the poll that much better. I agree. So, again, we're not going to have the official results. We'll have those at our next meeting. But I want to at least give you the unofficial top fourteen of the songs that made it onto the bracket for the poll. 
Do it. In no particular order. Take On Me by AHA. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. The Safety Dance by Men Without Hats. Africa by Toto. No Scrubs by TLC. Back in Black by ACDC. And Private Eyes by Hall & Oates. Now here's what I want to say about that list of songs. That is very diverse. The only one that I wish that he had put on there was the was the classic, classic song. Which is that everyone sings at karaoke, which is called "I Tamper with the Evidence at Moden, at Odin's Murder Site" by Death Clock. I've never heard of that song, dude. That's a classic karaoke jam. Come on. Well, in any case, uh, it's a great collection of songs. It's making for some really torturous decisions between them as they go head to head, and uh, we'll have the official results and declare the official Gravity Beard karaoke song at our next meeting. This one, I want to quote a movie, and and I feel like this this one is in a finally is a poll where it goes, if you win, you win. If you lose, you still win. Because at the end of this, you still get a great karaoke song. God, that's a great observation. I would agree with you on that. I think no. you're right. These it, are all great songs. It feels like a carefree poll to me. Each <laughs> each one is you think about it, and then you vote, and you know you're good. You got another yeah. one to yeah. you got another one to sing. So I agree with that. Okay, Adam, how about some facility updates these are so important these announcements are really important to let us know what's up and you know upcoming in the campus and what's new and what to look out for our first facility update comes from april norcross and she's the one that alerted us to the fact that nasa is giving away an apollo era saturn rocket i mean i want that more than most things in life guess who is now the proud owner of an Apollo era Saturn rocket. <laughs> Saul Grinberg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great guess, but actually the answer is us, the GBI. We now are in the possession correct. of an Apollo era Saturn rocket. That's right, and you can visit it on your lunch break. It's super cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Okay, so this next one is really interesting too. It comes from Chris Osborne from Play Comics Podcast, and it comes with a story. Chris suggested Hey, why don't we get some batting cages with a radar gun? I think it's a great idea. It is a great idea. And so I want to... Here's the inspiration. There's a story that that inspired that suggestion, and I'd like to share that with you now. It's the story of Nathan Patterson. Do you recognize that name? No. Well, back in mid-July, just a few weeks ago, 23-year-old Nathan Patterson was at a Colorado Rockies game and decided to participate in what they were calling the speed pitch challenge. Mm -hmm. It's literally where guys come out of the stands, fans, and they see how fast they can throw the baseball. Right. He threw it 96 miles per hour. Jeez. Yeah. So two weeks later, two weeks later, he was signed to a contract with the Oakland A's. That's insane. I bet all the other guys are like, what the f***? Yeah. <laughs> I worked my ass off to get here. <laughs> so one day, he's in the stands watching a Colorado Rockies game. Two weeks later, he has a Major League Baseball contract. But that means he had to go like throw some balls around so that he could throw a strike. That's crazy. Okay, so fast forward one more week. So this is three weeks from the speed pitch challenge. <laughs> he made his Major League debut. Would you like to hear how that turned out? 
Probably bean ball. <laughs> I threw it right at the batter. Would you like to guess? Would you like to guess how his major league debut went? I'm going to say that he did amazing. He faced three batters and struck out all three. <laughs> Dude, how bad must those pitchers feel that like this like three week professional baseball player just struck you out? But I mean, that's the craziest story of sports ever, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a dream come true, right? You, you know, like you get called on and you save the day. I just thought it was the coolest story. So thanks for sharing that. And that was the inspiration for Chris to suggest the batting cages idea. And I thought, it, you know, like we always do, I thought it was a great opportunity to take it another step forward. Yeah. And so I think we're going to use the new batting cages equipped with radar guns to kick off plans for a full sports complex on our campus. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I, I think it makes sense because we already have a gym and an auditorium. Yep. Why not complete the sports complex? And so... There will be more details to come at future meetings. I can't wait. I mean, what a dream come true. Agreed. All right, let's head into the intern library. And I want to tell you about this week's book of the week. The title is Members of a Bizarre Order. That book is such an enigma. Keith suggested that maybe we should make it the official book of the GBI, which I fully support. I think that's an excellent (laughs) idea. Yeah, I think that if there's any book, there that's the one. Absolutely. And then Chris Osborne had a suggestion. He asked if we'd stock the number 22 book in the series of The Adventures of the Bailey School Kids. And this title is called Cyclops Doesn't Roller Skate by Debbie Daddy and Marsha Thornton Jones. <laughs> I mean, the fact that, I mean, book 22 was probably the best one in the series, honestly. Where we find out that Cyclops doesn't roller skate. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it kind of it kind of is leading up to that the whole time, you know. That's really what you want to get to. It was a little bit of a letdown for me because I actually thought that Cyclops did roller skate. Right, yeah. So it went the other way for you. But, yeah, I mean, hey, there's a tragic ending, kind of like Shakespeare. <laughs> I was like, what? He doesn't roller skate? <laughs> what? And actually, I was, ma- I was making pretty good momentum through the series, you know, books 1 through 21. And right. I, got, I have to admit that after that disappointment, I had to sit it down for a couple of months before I picked it back up. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. And as always, look out for Luke in the bookmobile. It should be coming through your neighborhood very soon. Whether you want it to or not. <laughs> it, might, it might end up in your front yard or in your living room. But yeah, I, well, either through way. means literally through. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, how about we turn to science? Yeah. This article comes from Keith. Adam, researchers at a university in China have demonstrated the ability to control rat cyborgs using wireless inputs sent directly from human brains. I mean, isn't that what we've always wanted? Is it? Yeah, right? I don't know. I think I think along the lines of AI, I found this a little bit terrifying. But anyways, here's some more information. So the researchers literally refer to the rats controlled by human brains as rat cyborgs in their paper. And the control inputs, inputs were sent directly from human neurons to rat neurons using only electrical signals. So the movement instructions were read from a human brain using an EEG which then wirelessly sent to a computer, which decoded the instructions, turning them into a series of electrical impulses delivered wirelessly to a stimulator implanted in one of the, uh, the test rat's backs, thusly dictating 
the rat's motor functions. So you make the rat spasm and he does the opposite to make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't this isn't unnerving to you? 100%, dude. Like 100%. <laughs> no. <laughs> it it's concludes by saying, ultimately, this research was conducted to demonstrate the feasibility of brain-to-brain interfaces, which could be used to generate direct wireless communications between two, two human brains. I mean, it's... It's kind of direct, you know, like it's not like you implanted the impulse in their brain. You stimulated their body to a a rat and it probably just reacted to that. Like it's not like brain to brain. You know what I mean? I know, but you see where this is going. Of course. Or what the main, the primary goal for their research is. Right. Robot takeover. I find it very concerning. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like my kid's problem. (laughs) 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 I have, I have the same attitude, actually. <laughs> All right, Adam, let's talk about food. Yes. All right, I think the dust is settled, and this is behind us, but I believe you remember all the all the to-do over the Popeyes versus Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches. Yeah, it was weird, man. That was weird. And by the way, a complete publicity stunt, in my opinion. Yeah, like burg- like IHOP. It was Burger Hop or whatever they called it. Right, exactly right. But out of that whole whatever came a lot of very funny stories, and I have two of those today. Yes. yes. The first one, Adam, comes from our friend Greg, who you know. I do know him very well. So it goes something like this. The chicken sandwich saga reached a new level of madness Monday evening when an armed group of people rushed a Popeye restaurant in Southeast Houston. <laughs> so basically they were going through the drive through They said, we'll have this chicken sandwich that you're raving about. And they were told that they're out of chicken sandwiches. So instead of saying, oh, that's a bummer. And then just driving away, they decided to park their car and rush the building. Well, yeah. Isn't that what you do whenever your thing doesn't have what you want? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> it says it says the group included two women and three men who rushed the door of the store after they were told in the drive-thru that the chicken sandwiches were sold out. One man pulled a gun on employees and the employees ran to the back of the restaurant. Thankfully, no injuries were reported and police are working on a description of the suspects. Adam, one additional note. They reportedly left a baby in their vehicle. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you don't want to bring the baby into the raid. That's just irresponsible parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so they left a baby in the car as they went and did yeah. this. Yeah, I feel like that was an unnecessary statement because, like, obviously you would leave the baby in the car. You wouldn't bring that into a raid. Everybody knows this. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, article number two. Coming out of the ch- the chicken sandwich fracas from a few weeks ago. <laughs> Man sues Popeyes for running out of chicken sandwiches. You know, I just don't understand, man. Like, you know, I, I've been to Kentucky Fried Chicken one time and they didn't have the chicken that I wanted. I have been to Boston Market one time. They didn't have the chicken that I wanted. Like these things just happen. My next thought was not to be like, <laughs> I, I need to get the government involved in this or like, you know, legal counsel because. So you didn't rush the building or call your attorney? Oh, no, no, I rushed them. I just didn't get my attorney involved. <laughs> <laughs> like, that cost money. So did you take did you take the baby or leave the baby? I didn't have the baby, so I was fine. Yeah, it's a perfect scenario. Yeah, you're way smarter yeah. than those other people. 
Yeah. All right. Well, Craig Barr is seeking $5,000 in damages, according to the lawsuit filed in Hamilton County General Sessions Court. He's alleging Popeye's engaged in false advertising and deceptive business practices by entity to public. Barr, who is representing himself in the case... (laughs) Yeah, no. Always a good idea. Yeah. Also said in court documents, he was hustled out of $25 by a friend of a man who allegedly claimed in a Craigslist advertisement that he worked at a Popeye's location and could get sandwiches the restaurant was hiding. (laughs) Was it a shoe store? (laughs) (laughs) They got a couple things in the back they're not telling you about. (laughs) Barr said, and I like this as well. I think you're going to like these last two notes. Barr said he suffered rim and tire damage totaling $1,500 while driving from location to location and was humiliated when his friends laughed at him. (laughs) Okay, see, I have a couple of thoughts. Number one, (laughs) people that do things like this make it so that they're alone and no one can tell them that, hey, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Right? So you're going to be your own legal legal counsel, which means that no one can tell you, hey, dude, this is dumb. You shouldn't do this. Then whenever, you know, you, and then you're so sensitive that when your friends tell you that you're a idiot <laughs> then you cry about it because you can't handle it and you get your own legal counsel yeah it's quite unbelievable I, I i just like it that um that included in the lawsuit was he wanted damages for the humiliation that he suffered at the hands of his own friends <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's exactly right because now he's made it even more public that he's a moron <laughs> right all right well good luck to you sir <laughs> and with that, let's move on to sports. Yes. Let's kick things off with this quick hit, Adam. Did you know that this is the 40th anniversary of ESPN Sports Center? No, but that makes my heart so happy. And I love, love looking at like old Sports Center footage. Sports Center is one of my all time favorite TV shows. And did you know that um, Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman came back for one episode to celebrate the anniversary? I did not know that. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, sure did. Okay, and let's move on to this next story, also brought to us by Keith. Adam, all athletes are looking for an edge, even bowlers. <laughs> Except John Perez got caught. The Puerto Rico native had his gold medal stripped in the 2019 Pan American Games in Lima, Lima, Peru for testing positive for a banned drug. <laughs> you know, I just want to just recap my favorite sentence there. You had your, your, your gold medal in bowling stripped. This isn't even like, you know, bobsledding. <laughs> no, bowling. Like... <laughs> It's like, what are we going to hear next? Like the, the gold medalists got their curling medal sh- like stripped away. <laughs> like the, uh, I don't know, maybe ping pong. <laughs> we got their ping pong because they were, they were doping. Anyways, <laughs> Perez tested positive. Let me see if I can pronounce this for chlorothaladone, chlorothaladone, a diuretic that serves as a masking agent. And that's on the World Anti-Doping Agency's list of banned substances. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, if you're looking for a silver lining, here it is, Adam. The result meant that the United States was awarded the gold medal. <laughs> so that means that guy has an asterisk by his name, just like Barry Bonds. 
<laughs> yeah. So congratulations, United States. USA. We won by default. <laughs> yeah. For winning the gold medal in the recent Pan American Games in bowling and in your face, Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of technically, you know, an American territory. But hey, USA, baby. <laughs> God, that's good. I like that ironic note, actually. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> mainland for life. Mainland for life. All right, Adam, why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional partners? Yes. More Platinum-level content right after this. This week's episode is brought to you by Farm Alarm, the cause of and solution to all of your farm-related problems. Got a local cat burglar that keeps trying to steal your hogs? Or a hog that keeps trying to steal your cats? A rooster with wanderlust? A local ghost that just doesn't know when to quit? Well then, Farm Alarm will be on high alert, blasting its fear-inducing wails across the countryside to ensure your farm's safety for years to come. Songs such as Toto's Africa, Tiny Tom's Tiptoe Through the Tulips, The Sound of Music, and Generic Dubstep. Now, we know what you're thinking. What makes this different from any other top-of-the-line barn alarm system? Well, let's just say that it's in the tiniest of details. Farm Alarm functions using a complex system of highly trained spiders from the labs at MacGuffin Industries. They dance across a sensitive sensor whenever an intruder is present, and this sets off an alarm and projects a web signal into the sky to alert you and the rest of your town. But listen, we're being realistic here, and odds are that 97% of the time, the spiders will only be going about their daily business when setting off the alarm. Or maybe the wind will just be blowing a little bit too strongly. But isn't it better to have a perpetual alarm than one that only works some of the time? Farm Alarm, a web of safety in a harsh world. Warning. In the event that your alarm is not set off several times a day, your spiders may be dead. Warranty does not cover spider death or dismemberment. I mean, I know I need a brand new state-of-the-art farm alarm (laughs) that plays generic dubstep whenever it goes off. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a pro... We've played ads for many, many products on this Mm -hmm. show. I don't think I've heard one that I need quite as much as Farm Alarm. Even more than Squatlers? Yeah, I mean, I love Squatlers. You know, we've got a bunch of them now, but... Yeah. I think I really need a Farm Alarm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they, they outlined all the reasons what you know for what sets them apart, so, you know, you're not wrong. Yeah, so I'll be getting a Farm Alarm very, very soon. Let me know how it goes. I'm on the fence. Well, for more information about Farm Alarm feel free to check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Adam, how about another installment of Into the Wild? <laughs> yes, please. And this is where we focus on stories about animals. And if you're into animals, by the way, you should check out Varmints. That is a fantastic podcast from Blazing Caribou Studios and hosted by our very own Elimination Paul and Donna Hume. Yes, this week's story comes from our friend Phil Rude. Ooh. From Brokebot Mountain, a very, very good podcast. Check it out. Also at Blazy Caribou Studios. Adam, bears are basically all the same. They love roaming neighborhood streets, rummaging for trash, and causing mischief. That's my favorite part, is the causing mischief part. I agree. And here's an example that perhaps takes that to a new level. 
Last week, a random bear in Northern California surprised a police officer who was responding to a call of a drug overdose in the community of Gingham Hills. The bear apparently fell onto the hood of a deputy uh, patrol car and smashed through the car's windshield, causing it to swerve into an embankment, roll on its side, and catch on fire. Holy crap. Yeah. The flames then spread, and the fire department had to come out to help. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Thankfully, the bear and officer were okay. (laughs) I like how it was described as a random bear, because other than Russian bear, there's no other kind of bear. Right. They're all random bears. But could you imagine, deputy shows up in response to a drug overdose call, parks his car, it gets accidentally crushed by a bear, which then rolls down an embankment and catches on fire. (laughs) What if the bear was the one on overdose? I don't know, but but what a what the hell moment that is. Yeah, and then also like explaining that to your wife, you know, like, hey, how was your day? Well, Uh, okay. So it was a routine call and then a bear. <laughs> and now my car looks like a giant thing of charcoal. <laughs> that stupid bear. Damn it. I bet they don't consider him a random bear anymore. Yeah, he, he's definitely America's most wanted bear. He's the bear that caused my car to get incinerated. <laughs> All right, Adam, from there, let's move on to one of our new favorite segments Police Beat. Yes, Police Beat's best. And this story comes from Casey Jones. Thank you, Casey. An allegedly hammered Amish man was charged (laughs) with driving under the influence of alcohol after his horse and buggy sideswiped a car in Kentucky. (laughs) I mean, can you classify it as driving, though? I guess, technically. I think so. Piloting? I don't know. What do you do do when you say you're, you're driving a buggy? That's true. Piloting, I like... Cops say Ruben Yoder, age 34, was arrested after they responded to a crash. Also riding in the buggy were his wife, Salome Yoder, and seven children who ranged in age from nine months to 12 years. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't realize the Amish drank, actually. Uh, I didn't either. According to police, Yoder allegedly sideswiped a car and damaged its front bumper. And here's my favorite part of the story, Adam. Yeah? Initially, Yoder told officers that one of his children had been steering the buggy... The kids denied it and told the police their father was the culprit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, okay, that's what you get from being an Amish and lying. And secondly, <laughs> I love that idea of like, he's like, listen, I'm not driving. My kid is. Why were the kids driving? Well, because I was too drunk, obviously. I like the fact that he tried to pin it on his kids and his kids ratted him out anyways. Yeah, ironically, he taught them that better than that. <laughs> right, right. He was charged with nine counts of first-degree wanton endangerment, a count each of first-degree criminal mischief. And here's an answer to your earlier question. Operating a non-motor vehicle while under the influence of intoxicants. Actually, you know what? This is not the first time we've had to deal with this with a guy riding a horse and being intoxicated. Oh, really? Yeah, we've, we've had this discussion before. At some point, somebody had, was drunk on a horse, and we, they had to figure out what to charge him with. Huh. I guess long, I don't Long, long time ago. Yeah. Man, he's going to be in jail for a while. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck to you, sir, Ruben Yoder. I feel like, though, that with his like disposition on technology, he like might be locked up in like the saloon back room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. 
Adam, why don't we transition from there into one of my new favorite segments and hear one more time from Florida Man. Yes, Florida Man. Hell yeah. Hey, y'all. This is Florida Man. This is how I talk. Cold from jail again. But hey, (laughs) I was completely justified for pulling that McDonald's employee over the counter and kicking the manager in the stomach. What? Those freaking snowflake hippies were telling me that there was some new law saying they couldn't give me no plastic straws. Something about sea turtles and dolphins snorting them or something. <laughs> I didn't even know you could get high on plastic straws. I probably would have already tried it. Anyway, they wouldn't give me a straw, so I couldn't slurp up the last bit of my Oreo McFlurry. And God knows that melty soup at the bottom of a McFlurry is the best part. It's like an Oreo made love to a milkshake and they had a delicious little cream baby. <laughs> He's right about that. He's definitely right about that. Anyway, I'm late to Spanish class. Yeah, I'm taking Spanish class in here now because they said it would take a little time off my set. So, hasta luego, dunsies, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's funny that he did that because like i always make fun of my dad for speaking for speaking spanish but he didn't really like he just kind of shortened words you know so instead of like hola como estas he'd be like hola como esta? like he just kind of like cut off all the words so and i made fun of him and he told me to stop after a while but then i would just like say regular words with o at the end of it <laughs> I'm like oh like you're wearing a nice you like you're wearing lt shirt o you know <laughs> or whatever yeah I, I um i'm impressed that he's trying to better himself in taking spanish classes yeah dunsky's o <laughs> <laughs> great to hear from you florida man we uh we always enjoy that yeah, thanks, Florida man. And uh, I did, I did send some snacks to the commissary for you. So wow, you said you weren't going to do that. Well, I, I was going to send money, but I sent a little. You know, I mean, come on, you know, everybody needs a little cheer, right? Yeah, that's snack. true. That's fair. All right, Adam, let's move from there on to entertainment. And if you'd like to follow our entertainment news in our group. Uh, that stuff comes from uh, compliments of Chris DeVos, our entertain turn. You can just search hashtag pop news for more headlines. Here are today's stories. The first one does come from Chris. The game show Supermarket Sweep is making a comeback, and former cast member of Saturday Night Live, Leslie Jones, will be the host. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I knew her picture. I don't remember her as a cast member. Yeah, I don't either. But apparently she was really good because I, I heard, saw some people re- respond to this and they were really excited. And do you remember the yeah. show Supermarket Sweep? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I'll definitely check this out at least once. Oh, yeah, for sure. And actually, I mean, they, they're kind of revamping a, a similar style show. Like, there's a couple of them like that. So it's it's kind of gearing up for that genre again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Adam, our next story comes from Keith. Have you heard of the upcoming movie El Camino? No, I haven't. Did you ever watch the show Breaking Bad? I did not. This movie answers the question, what happened to Jesse Pinkman? It is directed and written by Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad. And it will star, uh, star Aaron Paul, who will play the part of uh, Jesse Pinkman. However, I was really surprised by this. This will not be shown in theaters, even though it is a movie. That's interesting. Yeah. It's going to be a Netflix exclusive, and it's going to release on October the 11th. 
Wow. So I can't relate to like the show, but I can relate to the feeling of that. So that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. I think I'm going to check it out. Yeah, that sounds good if you watch the show. Yeah, absolutely. Adam, I'm very pleased to let you know that Keith has left us another micro movie review. Oh, good. And here it is now. Hey, boys, what's up? Uh, this is KG, Pop Filmcast. This is how I talk, especially. I'm calling in with a micro movie review. Cage. Uh, I was calling in, took my kids this weekend to go see uh, Angry Birds 2, and um, they've been getting a lot of hype of uh, surprise uh, for the summer. I think got a 70-something rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, I just would like to thank the people who made it, because I haven't fallen asleep in a movie in a long time. My dog didn't want me, so uh, that's about it. Micro movie, keeping it short. Don't excuse yeah, so there you go. Thanks, Keith. Okay, so wait, he said that he he has not fallen asleep in a movie in a long time? I believe so, yeah. Which means that he got a good nap, a good nap in. <laughs> yeah, so I guess there's really no way of really knowing anything about Angry Birds 2 from that review, but but we appreciate it. Well, I mean, you know, he the, his movie reviews have provided micro and good. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't need to know anything more about Angry Birds to not go see it. So <laughs> you just need to know whether or not he had a good nap or not. Well, yeah. If he got a good nap, then then I don't need to go see it. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, buddy. We appreciate um, we appreciate you calling in with another micro movie review. Yeah, definitely. All right, Adam, with that, let's discuss our next candidates for a place in one of our three-room apartments. Okay. So if you remember in our last meeting, we have one spot left in our 11th apartment after we admitted Billy Drago and Lee Iacocca. Yeah, niche characters, but important. Definitely. So our first candidate this time comes from Elimination Paul, and that is Artie Johnson. Do you know who Artie Johnson is, Adam? No. Well, let me tell you. Comedian and actor Artie Johnson, Emmy-winning star of the 1960s and 70s comedy sketch show Laugh-In, died July 3rd in Los Angeles of heart failure. He had been battling bladder and prostate cancer. Johnson was 90 years old. What do you know about the show Laugh-In? Not a lot. I know that like by title it was... I mean, I, I, I can recognize the name, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, I don't either. Let me tell you a little bit more. On Laugh-In, he was most familiar as Wolfgang, the heavily accented German soldier who thought that World War II was still going on. <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> I love that. Johnson won one Emmy for the show and was nominated for two more. He appeared on Laugh-In for its full run from 1968 to 1973. His other TV appearances included Bewitched, Lost in Space, The Partridge Family, and The Donna Reed Show. While the bulk of Johnson's roles were in television... He also had film roles in The Subterraneans, The President's Analysis, and Love at First Bite. Later in his career, he made numerous game show appearances on The Match Game, Wheel of Fortune, and The Gong Show, and guested on Murder, She Wrote, Night Court, and General Hospital. Johnson also did extensive voice work for cartoons, including Justice League Unlimited, The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, DuckTales, and Animaniacs, and later narrated numerous audiobooks. Goodness gracious. So there, there is the resume of Artie Johnson. Okay, so in doing uh, some cursory research, he's 147 acting credits. Yeah, he was a busy dude. Yeah, and they're all touching things that, you know, like you, you would know. 
You know, not not just like random crap. It's all things that you would know. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Tom and Jerry's uh, Mad About You, Animaniacs. I mean, holy crap. Yeah, his resume is vast. I mean, I think that he kind of falls into like the char- the time of like, um, oh, the complete mental misadventures of Ed Grimley. Nice. Smurfs, <laughs> um, Flintstone kids. Like, you know, just kind of looking at this, like, I mean, he really has a part of a, so much stuff that you probably didn't even realize he was there and was there the whole time. That's crazy. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I've heard of almost everything on his resume. I didn't know those films because I bet they're older. But yeah. You know, the one thing that I, I almost kind of brushed over a little too quickly was all of his game show appearances. But if yeah. you re- if you remember, that was during an era where huge stars appeared on a bunch of game shows. You know, that, that was kind of a game yeah. show explosion. And yeah. so for him to have appeared on a bunch of those shows meant that he was one of the bigger stars of his time. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at it, so he's been, you know, doing movies and television for like... 65 years yeah yeah it's insane I mean, what the actual heck man 65 years you've been acting yeah and i, I think if i saw him i might recognize him it, it doesn't matter you, i mean he he did a lot of things at a time you know before we were kind of conscious of pop culture right but i kind of feel like he's a no-brainer to get in yeah it's 100 he's he's in like Flint, man. yeah i agree okay well congratulations to uh, Artie Johnson, you will complete our 11th apartment along with Billy Drago and Leia Iacocca, which I think is a really interesting combination. Yeah, that should be awesome. Let's move on to our next candidate and see if we can kick off our 12th apartment. Okay. This one comes from Keith. Former New York Giants and Kentucky Wildcats quarterback Jared Lorenzen died recently of multiple health issues. Adam, he was 38. Oh. Let me tell you a little bit more about Lorenzen. Lorenzen had been in the hospital since last Friday when he was admitted to the ICU for an infection, um, a kidney infection, heart issues. As quarterbacks go, Lorenzen was very uncommon. He was left-handed. And by the way, let me just pause there. Did you know that there's not a single left-handed quarterback in the NFL right now? Well, wasn't Mike Vick a left-handed quarterback back in the day i don't remember but but there's not a there's not one st- uh, maybe not in the league but there's not a starting left there's not a left-handed starting quarterback in the nfl at the moment that's insane yeah so how about that so lorenzen was left-handed and large supposedly he was 300 pounds in college yeah he's humongous yeah so he was the hefty lefty the pillsbury throw boy the, <laughs> the, the covington colossus but the attention he received for his size would have faded away quickly had he not been a pretty good quarterback. He still holds Kentucky's record for career passing yards with 10,304 yards while he was at Kentucky. That is a big number. After a solid college career, Lorenzen went undrafted in the NFL but signed with the Giants. By 2008, sadly, Lorenzen was out of the NFL. He resurfaced in 2014, playing for the Continental Indoor Football League's Northern Kentucky River Monsters. At that point, he was listed at 320 pounds at the quarterback position. Dude, humongous. Yeah, it wasn't long before he broke his tibia while running toward the end zone. (laughs) That was the end of football for him. By 2017, he had reached 500 pounds, Adam. And he committed what? himself to losing as much weight as he could. Almost a year after his project started, he had already lost almost 100 pounds. Uh, 
Wow. Lorenzen kept a positive attitude and tried to shed the weight that he uh, had brought him fame, but in the end, his body failed him. Oh, that poor guy. So now we have to have the tough conversation. Does Jared Lorenzen deserve to be the first resident in our 12th apartment? Well, he's definitely in heaven. I don't think he's got the celebrity to be in the apartment. Yeah. I wanted to tell his story just because uh, it was so interesting and he seemed like a really good guy and it was such a sad story and he died so young. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I definitely wanted to give him tribute and I appreciate Keith bringing it to him, but I don't think, and also unfortunately he came in last in our intern's choice poll. So all indications are that he doesn't deserve a spot in an apartment, but we, we did at least want to give him tribute. Yeah, man, what a guy. Seems like he's a really good dude, too. Yeah, it seems like it. Okay, here is our next and last candidate to kick off our 12th apartment. This is brought to us from our good friend Tiff. Rip Torn, cult actor and Artie in the Larry Sanders show, dies at age 88. Considered by some to be America's celebrated wild man actor. Do you know who Rip Torn is? Of course. <laughs> I would hope so. Torn, who had been a, con- a constant presence on stage and screen since the mid-1950s, was arguably better known for his eccentric and occasionally violent antics when the cam- cameras weren't rolling, and on one notorious occasion when they were. During the filming of Norman Mailer's film Maidstone, a largely improvised production made at the height of the late uh, 60s counterculture, Torn played Mailer's brother and attacked Mailer for real, hitting him over the head with a hammer and then attempting to strangle him. Wow. Mailer responded by biting Torn's ear. Yes. So can you imagine that melee on the set of a movie? Yeah. Hey, guys, maybe don't do that to each other. His behavior resulted in him being replaced by Jack Nicholson in Easy Rider, the seminal 1969 counterculture bike movie before shooting began. I did not know that story. Did you ever know that? No, I didn't. He's been in a ton of stuff since the 1950s. Most of it I've never heard of. Torn was nominated for an Emmy for each of his each of its six seasons of The Larry Sanders Show, where he played Machiavellian foul-mouthed talk show producer Artie. He only won once in 1996. And did you ever see the... The Larry Sanders Show? No, I never did. I never did either, because... And here, here's my hot take. I've never for a second thought that Gary Shandling was funny. <laughs> kind of like David Schwimmer. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on David Schwimmer. <laughs> but, but I, mean, I hate that guy. G- Gary Shandling is, was never funny to me. So I, so I never watched The Larry Sanders Show, but apparently Rip Torn was brilliant on there. But in any case... I do remember him from a supporting role in the 1991 film Defending Your Life starring Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep, which is a terrific movie. Uh, He also played Agent Z in the blockbuster sci-fi comedy Men in Black in 1997, and he worked consistently after that. So, However, Torn's reputation for uh, volatility returned when he was arrested in 2010 for breaking into a Connecticut bank at night while carrying a loaded gun. Reports at the time suggested that a highly intoxicated Torn thought the bank was his home and that he had fallen asleep inside the inside the building. This followed a series of arrests for drunk driving dating back to 2004. <laughs> Did, do, you, do you remember that story? I remember when that happened. No, I don't remember when that happened, no. Well, if you look up the Rip Torn mugshot, it's one of the most wheels-off mugshots you've ever seen. 
So look, I want you, while we're finishing up this conversation, look up the Riptorn mugshot. But in any case, you know, Riptorn was great. I mean, I enjoyed him in almost everything I saw him in. And he also got the, by, by a mile, got the most votes in the intern's choice poll. So I don't know about you, but I'd like to suggest that Riptorn be the one to kick off our 12th apartment. Well, two things. Number one, I love his mugshot because it's it, his face is definitely drunk. I mean, he is smashed. And <laughs> the expression on his face is like, hey, what are you going to do? You know, I was drunk. <laughs> Isn't that an insane mugshot? Uh, dude, it's awesome. I'd it's like totally to encourage awesome. all of our listeners to, while they're listening, to go ahead and go ahead and Google the Riptorn mugshot. Yeah. And while it's not up to us, definitely he should be in. I mean, 192 credits. Good Lord, man. Yeah. E- even if we don't agree, the intern poll, uh, choice poll is in his favor. So he gets in regardless. But I, but I agree. I would definitely put Riptorn in. And 192 credits. Good Lord. And I have to correct you. It's Agent Z. Oh, well, the article said Agent Z. Black. So yeah, that's some Americanized bastardization of his name. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay then. There you go. So we have admitted, we have admitted two candidates into apartments, and uh, now Adam, it's time to move on to the hotline. Yes, hotline, hotline, calling on the hotline for your love, for your love. And we have but one message, and I'm going to play it for us right now. Yes. Oh, finally. God, it took forever for the beep. <laughs> hey, Adam. Hey, Toph. This is Toph. Oh. Um, hey, I'm just downtown in the Big D. That's Dallas. <laughs> you know, because I'm cool and I'm urban and stuff. I uh, just got to my uh, improv comedy class. Going to have a little food and then um, then dazzle the world with my comedy. Right. But anyways, the reason I was calling in is because I wanted to share a moment of triumph. Yes. Particularly for Adam because he enjoys moments of triumph. Yes. And you know, Toph, you do too. So that's what I'm true. calling. Anyways, it's really hard to get parking down here. There's only like three or four like free spots about a block away, and that's not great, but at least they're free because everything else is kind of expensive. Yep. So I pulled up. I was a little behind schedule, so I was kind of stressed out, and one of the three spots was available. Yes. Moment of triumph. Bam. This is Toph. This is how I talk. Dunskies. Yes. Moment of triumph, Toph. Yeah, so I, I immediately had to pull out my phone and call the hotline so I could share my moment of triumph with you. That is the utmost critical. You know, and I'd like to challenge any, any of the listeners, if you've had a moment of triumph this week, give us a call. I'd love to hear your moment of triumph because here at the show, we love moments of triumph. We love moments of triumph. <laughs> so I was running late for my class. And um, and and I don't know if you understood my explanation, but there's, there's three spaces about a block away uh-huh. that are next to this high-rise apartment building they're just free spaces. Like you don't have to pay for them. Everything else is either an expensive pay lot or you have to park at the meters. Right. And I got one of the three spaces. Yes. Yeah. So now you, now you understand how important it is that I called in. Dude, that's a big deal. It's all about you, baby. You, me, baby, me, because Adam, (laughs) as you know, I have to be in the right frame of mind. If I'm going to deliver platinum level comedy, well, uh, I disagree. You can do it in either way, but I understand why it's important to be in the right frame of mind. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice of you to say. All right. Well, I mean, I can think of no better way uh, to wrap up a staff meeting than with a moment of triumph. Yeah, dude. That's the best way to wrap up anything really is with a moment of triumph. Yeah. So with that, Adam, without any further ado, this concludes 
this week's staff meeting. Come on, man. We need more to do. I'm sorry. Damn it. Let me finish up with some brief credits before we go. The content of these meetings are generated almost entirely by our talented team of interns. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we'd love to have you join the team. Just search Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. That's where we have very serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. Call us on the hotline if you like. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoyed the show, please tell another human about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Our theme song is Walking the Dog. This catchy tune is Above and Beyond. Both are by Silent Partner, and it can be found on the YouTube audio library. Additional music in this episode is by Kevin McLeod. Promotional consideration comes from Justine and Santiago and the talented team at We're With You. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders... I'm your other co-host, Toph. This meeting is adjourned. And peace. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network.